once I get rid of this job or laid off or they merge and all of a sudden I'm out of work with no notice at all, I have my own little mini business already started while I'm working for somebody else. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hello and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name is Rick Nusky. I'm your host. I'm also the luckiest person, I have to say, to be able to spend time hosting the show for you and making a difference for you and your businesses and um, just generally making a difference overall. And, and your feedback is wonderful. Now, um, speaking about making a difference, on today's show, I'm with a consultant for business in transition at Create Your Own Job Security. Um, my next guest is an author of Make Your own job anytime, anywhere, at any age, Mr. W.M. Hovey-Smith. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks very much and glad to be here. Yes, it's wonderful to have you here. I've been looking through your um, extensive um, bio and I must say it's very impressive and I'd love to obviously take a deep dive into your latest book. I know that you are a prolific author. You have many different titles um, in, the, in the dozens um, by the looks of things. But uh, before we jump in and having a, have a good look at Make Your Own Job Anytime, Anywhere, Any Age, I'd love to spend some time with you learning a little bit about yourself. I'm wondering if we can maybe start off with uh, where you're located. Where's home for you? Well, I'm in Sandersville, Georgia, which is in the middle part of the state, of course, on the eastern seaboard. Fantastic. Has that been home to you, uh, for you all the time? Uh, no. Uh, I was born here, but uh, after high school, I went to college, and then I worked as a professional geologist all over North America. Yes, I did notice that. Um, having worked in the mining sector myself, I know that geology is uh, a very, very important role. How long did you do that for? Oh, oh uh, more than 25 years. Wow. Most of the time I spent in Alaska. Fantastic. Um, and what, uh, what type of topography were you looking at? Were you looking at it for deposits of certain minerals? What was it about? Well, I'm a metallics and minerals guy. So uh, copper, lead, zinc, gold, silver, uranium, tungsten, and so on. Fantastic. That, uh, that is a very, very interesting art. I remember seeing lots of uh, core samples and having a geologist uh, tell me about the, the difference in topography and core samples, and it was just fascinating. I've always enjoyed it, and I was very lucky. Uh, even in grammar school, I had an interest in rocks, and by the time I was in high school, uh, I decided that, yeah, I wanted to be a professional geologist and, in fact, an exploration geologist. So I was lucky in that respect. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's a credit to you. 25 years is not just a drop in the ocean, isn't it? It's a, it's a fair chunk of your life. Well, yes, it is, particularly since uh, I worked for many different companies in many different places. And so uh, the geologist's life, particularly the exploration geologist's life, uh, is a very mobile one. Oh, yeah. Uh, some years I would spend the summers in Alaska and then the winters in Tucson. <laughs> Travelling and chasing the sun, as it were. Um, I, I wonder, um, now nowadays, um, do you have any hobbies or, or sports that you enjoy? I know that um, you uh, enjoy knife making. Is that something 
that you still enjoy? Uh, yes, although I can't do that terribly much anymore. Uh, I'm getting old. I'm 79 now. And consequently, my joints are giving out on me. Right. And, I, and pounding at an anvil is something I, I just can't do uh, right now very much. Right. I still enjoy my hunting, and I've been a lifelong hunter. And many of my books about uh, hunting and bow fishing and crossbow hunting and uh, those sorts of subjects. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for anybody, uh, just as, a, as, a, as an aside, we will be providing the links back to uh, Hovey's website so you can have a look at all of his books because there are lots of them. Now, I have to say, I've, I've recently was watching a show uh, about knife making. It's an incredible um, art form. It takes a special kind of skill to make a knife, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Um, you have to, well, first off, establish what kind of knife you're going to make. Mm-hmm. And for me, uh, this was very interesting. Uh, I went back to ancient China and founded a company reproducing knives based on ancient Chinese bronze knives from 3,000 years ago. Wow. So a cook could cook with a blade that actually had its origin in really the very distant past. I know also, Hovey, that you uh, enjoy Western art. What type of uh, arts uh, do you get into? Do you still collect? A little bit. I like, uh, well, Western cowboy art a lot and landscapes. Of course, like in Australia, uh, North America has extremely (laughs) paintable vistas all over the place. Oh, yeah. And so when people have the talents to put these down on canvas... Yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah, it, it definitely takes a, a, a skill to, to do that as well. And um, like you say, there are some beautiful uh, landscapes that we can, can look at just for hours on end, can't we? And now I know that uh, if you're into Western art, um, surely you love uh, Western movies. Do you like movies? Yes. Uh, matter of fact, I like them so much, I'm writing one right now. Oh, wow. Tell us about that. Well... Uh, this is not exactly a Western. It's set in modern day. Mm-hmm. And uh, what takes place here is we have a family in Louisiana of Sicilian origin. And they decide to go to Sicily for a vacation as none of them have ever been back for three generations. Although they've kept in correspondence. And there are two guys who happen to be between wives and girlfriends at the moment. A mother a father, a sister, and a gay hairdresser uncle. And they take off to Sicily. And when they arrive, the two guys discover that they are related to some of the most powerful mafia families in Italy. And not only that, when they arrive on Monday, they are told they're going to be married to two women they never even heard of on Friday, or none will leave the island alive. Oh, And there are added complications from a mob in Naples who uh, are determined that this wedding is not going to happen if they have to kill everybody off on the island to do it. And they try. So uh, that's the plot of the island. And we also throw in uh, uh, an Irish priest and a uh, uh, (laughs) a gangster with a claw and uh, many other interesting and colorful folk on their endeavors. 
You, you, you clearly have a, a wonderful mind, and I'd love to tap into that a little more as we go through the call, Hovey. Um, but uh, for now, when we wind back time and we go back to the time when we were a lot younger and, uh, you know, we were growing up, what, what is something that you remember that you have really fond memories about? Just one thing. Right out of high school, my mother and I took a trip, and this included through the Western States, and we visited things, uh, oh, like Carlsbad Caverns and went up to Colorado and saw the mountains and so on. And that was a wonderful and memorable trip that I will always remember. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's it's oftentimes the most simplest things that we do that we have just those flashes of memory, don't we? Indeed. Do you think that um, any of your life's experience has contributed to uh, any of the books that you've written being a source of inspiration? Oh, of course, all of them are. Uh, even my business book, uh, Make Your Own Job, mm-hmm. I, I've held uh, some 17 different jobs or professions in my life. Besides being a professional geologist, uh, I was a, a military combat engineer officer, and I've done stand-up comedy, I have uh, done professional journalism. I wrote for newspapers. I've done thousands of magazine articles. And in my geology, I lived and hunted all over the country and met a great variety of people. And many of these are actually wind up more or less uh, as characters in my novel and my experiences uh, I write about in my outdoor titles, uh, my hunts in Alaska and elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't ever make it down to Australia, though. That was a step too far. Yes, it's just it's a little bit away across the pond, that's for sure and certain. Now, um, I know that you have multiple degrees, um, and I wonder, um, maybe not so much anymore, but how important do you think it is for, for somebody coming through the ranks? How important is it for them to um, study and have a, I guess, a mentality towards ongoing learning? Oh, uh, tremendously so. Uh, one thing I recognise very, very early was that a bachelor's degree in geology was not going to get me anywhere. If I was going to practice professionally, I needed at least a master's degree, and I wanted to get it as far away from where I got my bachelor's as possible. And I almost made it. Uh, I got my bachelor's from the University of Georgia and my master's from the University of Alaska. Oh, wow. I'm just wanting to just quickly, quickly step back for a moment because I just I, I recognise what you said about um, being a stand-up comic. Now you also served in the military, and that's a, a, an absolute credit to you. And and I think to myself that that takes a certain type of person. But stand-up comedy was that difficult to do? Was that a scary experience, or did you thrive on it? Well, I did pretty good at it actually. Uh, <laughs> whilst I was sort of invoice and then practice and that sort of stuff. I uh, appeared for outdoor groups, being an outdoor guy. Mm-hmm. And so I came up with a bunch of supposed sponsors for whatever the event happened to be. And if you like, I'll give you a, a quick little rip. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Sin Incorporated, Synthetic Industrial Non-Nutritives, Inc. At Sin, we take the best of 
coal tar, petroleum, and agricultural waste byproducts, and we make edibles out of them. And we are pleased to introduce our new product, Puke Vodka, that's now available not only in ocean tankers and 55-gallon drums, but also in five-gallon pails for home delivery. You don't have to waste all this time in the process of drinking. If you're going to wind up your drinking episode worshiping at the porcelain throne with puke vodka, you get that effect at the outset. And think of all that time you say. <laughs> Available now for home delivery. And that was one of my gifts. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you very much for sharing. Now, um, I also, I mean, beyond the, all the books that you've been um, creating, you've also um, several hundred YouTube videos. What sort of content um, do you create content about? Well, uh, now something approaching 900. Actually. Yeah. And a lot of these are about my hunts, about my outdoor activities. I live in a generation that was brought up to be self-reliant and fairly well self-sufficient. So I hunt my own land, I butcher my own animals, I gather a lot of my own food, I keep my dogs and that kind of stuff. And so I live a very much an outdoor life, well, very similar to, you know, ranchers and farmers do in Australia and yeah. Canada and elsewhere in the world. But this is far removed from the urban experience now, and far removed from that that enjoyed by most people. And so my videos are intended for, partially for urban dwellers who think, well, I would really like to retire somewhere out of this blankety blank, blank, blank city <laughs> to some place where I can have some room and some quiet and enjoy doing what I really want to do. And so uh, my videos help them get along with that. A few days ago, for example, um, I cut down and moved uh, about a ton of timber off my sister's uh, place because they were dead trees and this is our thunderstorm season and we didn't want to fall on anything, on any structures or tear up the fences and all that kind of stuff. And I did a video about that. I, I can see how, you know, yeah, the, the, I guess the life and times of, you know, your daily activities, um, given the fact that you uh, call the shots your own way, do you have a set daily routine or does each day look different for you? Tell us, tell us what a day typically includes. Well, my day typically starts at 2 a.m. Oh, wow. And that's when I get up and write. And that's when I do my creative work uh, between about 2 o'clock and 5 o'clock. And then I go down and take a nap and get up and have breakfast and do what outdoor stuff I need to do. Because I, well, I live on 200 acres and I keep a four acre yard. So uh, this time of year, particularly with all the rain we've had here, uh, <laughs> you know, I have to be on top of my lawnmowers and cutting grass and that sort of stuff almost every day. Yeah. Uh, doing something about that. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm loving this insight into your life. It does give some good context to you as the individual, as the author. And now um, I, I want to talk about, um, shift gears and talk about, um, 
your um, life as an author and how it was that you came to to write this this wonderful book, Make Your Own Job Any uh, Anytime, Anywhere, At Any Age. I'm wondering if you can introduce us to it and tell us what it's about. This book arose prior to the pandemic. There were two previous business books that I'd done, but I decided that there needed to be a more generalized business book for teenagers who wanted to know how to earn some money, for adults who were could not work physically because of the pandemic, they were cut off from work, mm-hmm. or had been fired and were sitting at home with little to do, and for older people who wanted something fun to do in their retirement age. So that is the basis of make your own job. And in it, I describe how to create a whole series of job possibilities and sit down and sort among them. What do I need to do right now to make next month's rent? Okay. That might be selling something on eBay. Rather than make that a one-time deal, uh, how about selling stuff for your other people in the apartment on eBay? And you take a commission. Yep. Hmm. This way you generate more money, you help your fellows, you get to know them, and so on and so on and so on. And that's something anybody at any age can do. You can work a computer. Then, if you're a younger guy, uh, whilst in high school and physical and want to be out and doing stuff outdoors, of course, do that. But make a business out of it. And actually charge money. You can register in Georgia. You can register with the state. You can actually set up a business and um, deduct your expenses. You have to pay income tax, of course, on what you earn, but you mm-hmm. deduct your expenses, and you get used to running a business and having the idea of, okay, what is my time really worth, and how is it best spent? Then while in college, go ahead, get your degree, but in the meantime, look around you, both for people and ideas. See what other people are doing. How are they making money or thinking about making money? Could I do that? Maybe you could. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need some extra training. Maybe I need some professional certifications and so on. Maybe I need licensing for something or other. But go ahead and get that. Then I'll go to work for the guys, go to work for the man, get your health insurance, get your retirement, set yourself some money apart, but keep thinking about Okay, once I get rid of this job or laid off or they merge and all of a sudden I'm out of work with no notice at all, I have my own little mini business already started while I'm working for somebody else. If I should get suddenly terminated, I have something already developed to fall back on. After that, then when you get in your 50s and you've made significant money, and I said, go for a million-dollar business, guys. Uh, don't worry about anything smaller. If it doesn't gross a million dollars or doesn't have that potential, then look for something else. It takes as much time, energy, and effort to do a business that will make some real money as it does to uh, turn one that will just produce a few thousand dollars every once in a while. But once you've done that, once you've made your money, you're in your 50s, You've got a lot of people depending on you. Your corporation is thriving and so on and so on and so on. Don't beat yourself in the grave with your own hammer. Get out of it. 
take your money, sell it, get all together out of it. If you sell a business, get rid of it. You want none of it. Decide what you want to do that's really fun and not near as mentally and physically taxing as what you were doing. And enjoy the rest of your life. And so that's the general plan and make your own job. I, I just wonder, Hovey, um, would this, would this uh, include considering um, starting more than one income stream? Of course, yes. There's nothing wrong with multiple incomes. Even if one of them is not, you know, is only a very small amount, uh, at least it's there, at least it started, at least it gets you into that area of expertise. Yeah. And I recommend going to business conferences, even though they're not in your Pacific area. See what other parts of the world are doing. I went to China, for example, and to research my, my novel, I went to Sicily for 11 days. And this was tax deductible, guys. <laughs> so, uh, you sort of have you have your cake and have your business. You get some resources along the way, and you have fun doing it. Yeah, you've said a couple of things that make a lot of sense. You know, you've talked about you know, having a, a, a plan to avoid any loss of um, income. You've talked about, um, you know, having fun. Um, but I also wonder, is there a, a number that people should have in their mind as being enough? And when they hit that number, should they then relax? It very much depends on where you live. If you have the great misfortune to live in a place like New York City, um, then it is going to take a lot of money to live. Uh, so if you're going to retire, uh, yeah, up there in New York uh, and live reasonably, what I would consider reasonably comfortably, uh, yeah, you need a million dollar nest egg these days uh, to support one guy in the city. Down here, where I live in Georgia, where living is easy, we don't have snow, uh, we don't have a lot of bureaucratic BS that you get in a big city. <laughs> yep. I can, if I want to shoot, all I have to do is walk out my back door. If I want to hunt, all I have to do is walk out my back door. And, uh, you know, you can do what you like. Freedom. And that is, yeah, it is. But the amount of money that you need varies much, much with your what you want to accomplish and what you want to do with it. So right now, I can get by with, say, uh, oh, a couple of thousand, couple of hundred thousand dollars in liquid assets. Because I own my own house, I've got my own vehicle, I own my own land. All this is paid for. Um, I'm a vet, so my medical expenses are largely covered at the VA. So I can get by on relatively little income. Now, hopefully, my book will take off. We'll make the movie and we'll make some serious bucks. I, I wonder, um, if you've looked at different business opportunities throughout your life, looking back, do you think that somebody new listening to this and wanting to get your book, should they be only getting involved in, in opportunities, business opportunities that they know something about? A point I make in the book, among many, many others, is to look around you, see where there are unmet needs. What do people need? What do they have trouble doing? 
What could be done simpler or easier? And how can you do it? Now, most people think about some sort of product, but that product may be knowledge. It doesn't necessarily have to be something physical. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're investing in a financial instrument, although you may be. There are people in the world who need to hear and learn from what you have to say, particularly if you manage to survive uh, in your 70s and 80s and so on. And there are people who are willing to listen if you have something coherent to say that's meaningful to their present situation. Hmm. I have YouTube videos of uh, the scene in China and Russia and all over Europe. So you can reach the world from a little tiny podunk place in central Georgia or the middle of the Australian desert, if you like. And you can make a difference. I love this call. I've, I've really appreciated you opening up and sharing your, your insight and um, all of the things that uh, we've talked about today. I, I wonder, do you think that people undervalue their skills and, and experience and that's maybe what holds them back from starting a business? Basically, it's fear. The fear of failure. European school systems, and perhaps the British system is even worse than it is here in the US, there is so much stress on success that if a student somehow fails, he is depreciated in his own mind. So you will fail at some things. Some things will be more successful than others, but you will have learned along the way. And the next time you will be more likely to succeed. It's a well-known trope in Google that they aren't interested in hiring anybody unless they failed at something at least three times. They want people to have that experience. They want people to have learned something from their failures. And then they are more open, more observant, and looking, and more critical about what opportunities might really work that are genuinely new, rather than repeating something somebody has already done countless times before. My books are like no others. No one could write the books that I write. I don't think anybody would want to, but no <laughs> one can. And a person should take the same approach to their business. Do a business that only you can do and do it better than anybody else can. And you can make a success. Yeah, for you, you obviously have uh, walked the road that many of us are wanting to walk or have started to walk. And, you know, sometimes we, we lose our way and our mindset um, might shift a little bit and then we, we might have self-doubt. Um, what happens when, when you have self-doubt? Do you have any days like that? And what do you do if you, if you don't feel 100%? Finish. If it's a success, okay, it worked. If it's not a success, then you learn from the failure but go ahead and bring it to its logical conclusion. Because any business that there ever, ever was had some times during that business's evolution when everything looked dark and absolutely dreadful. I guarantee, I don't care what kind of business it is. Yeah. There will be those kinds of days. So stick with it, finish it, get it done, evaluate it, you work, maybe not work. Well, not so well, and see if you can do something else. 
Yeah, I know that there's a lot of people on the call who are taking this in and making notes, and it's. Um, I'm very thankful to have you on the show with us today. And I just wonder, uh, Hovey, when when somebody gets their hand on this wonderful book, "Make Your Own Job Anytime, Anywhere, at Any Age," is it a is it a, a one like a read from cover to cover thing, or is it more like a resource book that you can go back to and flick through when you need it? Well, I decided to do both. First off. It doesn't read like a business book. It also uh, has very good chapters. For example, I tell you how to name a business, how to choose a name, how to choose a copyright, how to uh, find partners, how to get financing, how to go to the bank, how to register with the states in Georgia and so on. Uh, I don't cover the UK because they have a... (laughs) Uh, the UK and Australia and the derivative countries have a whole different system. Yeah. But uh, in the U.S., I cover the laws of patents. Uh, how exactly do you write a patent? I've written many patents, by the way. Even at the end, what to do with a business when you're done with it? How do you dispose of a business? Uh, you don't want to give it to somebody, a relative even, who doesn't want it because they'll kill it. Uh, You may not want to give it to your employees, although perhaps you could. You just sell it and be done with it, which is what I most of the time recommend you doing. Yep. Or do you try to hang on to it till the bitter end, which I don't recommend at all, because you're you're not doing the business any good if you hang on too long, and the business is probably not doing you any good either. It's killing you, in fact. So yeah. when the time comes to do with your business, sell it, get out of it, take your proceeds, and go enjoy life a little bit. Yeah, there's some obviously some sage advice in, in all of this. And um, if I wanted to um, share this book um, with people, um, first of all, how long will it take them to read it? But more importantly, uh, where can they get a copy of it? Well, it's available anywhere. Uh, uh, you can get it from Amazon.com. Also available as an audio book or as an ebook. So you can get soft cover, audio, or ebook, however you like to have it. So if you're in a part of Australia where you do commute, uh, you can put the CD in and listen to a chapter as you drive to work, or have it on your phone if you like. And I write a very terse book, and it is 153 pages long, so it's not a, I purposely wrote it short and wrote it tight, because Mm -hmm. modern folk, particularly younger folk, hate to read. They really do. So uh, we made it short. We made it easily digestible. It's well indexed. If you need to find something, you can look in the index and find it if it's not in the chapter descriptions. And uh, just go after and take what you need. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love the fact that it is short and it's in all of these different formats. Now, um, do you have a website and, and you know, or where, where can people actually find you if they want to connect with you? Yes, the website is www.hovey.com smith.com so that will lead you to everything else I do including my blogs including what I'm doing with a movie at the moment and what I'm doing with the outdoor books 
as well as the business books. So you can check up on me with that by going to that one website, and then it will direct you to all the others. Or uh, you can just Google me, and uh, you'll find all kinds of stuff. I'll, I'll have <laughs> oh, uh, at least four solid pages coming up. Yeah, well, I did notice that. I thought, wow, he's uh, he's the everywhere man that you need to, to know more about. And if you want to do that, you can also find um, Hovey on LinkedIn. And as is normally the case, um, if you want to um, touch base and learn more directly about Hovey on his own website, that is HoveySmith.com. I'll be making sure that um, the link back to his website is available below this post. No matter where you see it, you will find that link back to Hovey. And Hovey, I just have to say thank you. Um, it's been a wonderful call. I've really, really enjoyed it. And thank you for joining me on the My Future Business Show today. Thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you down there in Australia. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.